said. Again, apologize for my voice, but it is what it is. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 4 through 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 4 through 13. Sources of encouragement. Sources of encouragement. I don't think you would disagree there's a great need for encouragement these days in all our lives. I think when you look at uh, news or you watch anything or even deal with the people around you, you see disturbances, you see trials, you see tribulations, and those are not just in the world, they are in our lives as well. God's people face many things. I think everybody needs encouragement, and as we look at this passage, I think there are seven areas, seven sources that God lists here through the apostle that we can talk about as sources of encouragement for our lives. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 4 through 13, we read these words, I have the highest confidence in you, and I have taken great pride in you. You have greatly encouraged me and made me happy despite all our troubles. When we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. We faced conflict from every direction and battles and outside fear on the inside. But God who encourages those who are discouraged encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. Verse 7. And not only by his coming, but also by the comfort you had given him. He told us about your longing for me, your deep sorrow, your ardent concern for me, so that my joy was greater than ever. Even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it, though I did regret it. I see that my letter hurt you, but only for a little while. Yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation, it leads no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. See what this godly sorrow has produced in you, what earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. At every point, you have proved yourselves to be innocent in this matter. So, even though I wrote you, it was neither on account of the one who did the wrong nor on account of the injured party, but rather that before God you could see for yourselves how devoted to us you are. By all this, we are encouraged. Let's pray. Father, we ask for your encouragement. We need it. We long for it. And like the apostle, we see it all around us. Help us to see it in these verses that we read and make aware to us daily what is available to lift us up in Christ by encouragement. We pray in your holy name. Amen. As I said before, there's a great need for encouragement. There's no, I think, doubt about it. Uh, we see so many issues around us in our personal lives, in our family lives, in our church. It always is in need of encouragement. I think many churches across the United States, as you look uh, not just at mainline denominations, uh, but many denominations, right after COVID had happened and everything was closed down, began to suffer in attendance. Um, and it has not really bounced back. So the Baptist Convention is wrestling with the fact that it has less baptisms, it has less membership, 
uh, and they are seeing decline as other denominations have seen decline historically. Uh, you, you look at people, they just seem to be losing heart with church, not necessarily God, but the way things were done or are done. And so what, what we find here is, I think, everybody needs encouragement. We need to feel that there is hope and that there is a way ahead. When you look at this passage in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 7, I think we notice the, the word encouragement or encourage, depending on your translation, six different times. It's mentioned over and over again in that passage. It reminds us. So I think we can list from this passage seven different things or sources uh, that give us encouragement that we can look to. I know you know the story of Admiral Byrd. You know, Admiral Byrd, the famous polar explorer. Uh, if you ever, he had a book that he wrote, uh, Alone was the name of the book. Uh, went to the Antarctic in, in 1934. He lived through uh, a number of months during the winter where he was by himself no one was there uh, people had come some had died he was by himself and every day he would take a walk and when he would take the walk he would take a bundle of sticks with him and as he walked away from where his encampment was he would take a stick and stick it down in the snow and then every 30 yards or so he had that marked out by the steps that he took he would put another stick, and that way he would find his way back to the camp. He still got the exercise that he needed, the sunlight that he needed, uh, but he had a way back. One day when he went for such a walk, he didn't really notice the wind was billowing up behind him, and as it billowed up, it began to drift, and as it began to drift, it began to cover the sticks. And so at some point he said, I've walked far enough, you know, I think I'll turn back now. And as he turned back, he saw he couldn't see the sticks. And he became panicked. If he was left outside, he would freeze to death and he would die. So he, he, he took a mound of rocks and snow and pushed them up to make a marker of where he had started back. And he had a flashlight. And so he, he tried to hold the flashlight and, and look for the stakes as he made his way back. But he couldn't find them and he couldn't find them. He couldn't see them. He decided he was going to take 30 more steps in the direction he thought it was. And if not, there was nothing else that he could do except walk around and try not to get lost. On his 29th step, he found one of the sticks. And from that stick, he found his way back. And he was now safe back in the campment. That, that was a source of encouragement for him that he found what he needed to live. I don't think most of us have that kind of life and death experience where you know we're panicked that we're going to lose our life or overwhelmed in that way, but I do think that it feels like it sometimes, that life is going to overwhelm us. But the fact is that when we trust Christ, when we know him as Savior and Lord, we have been pulled from the lost and dying, and we've been brought into this life of grace and that ought to be the most joyous and the most encouraging moment in our life when we think about where we have come and I think Paul is talking to this group of people and as he does so in Corinthians in the seventh chapter he's trying to remind them that they should feel encouraged because of what has transpired 
Back in Philippians, he wrote these words. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, when you look at that passage back in Philippians, it says if. And the, in the Greek, it's not if, it's almost more since. Uh, might be better translated since. It's more like a if then. If then you have, then this is going to be the case. Uh, and so, you know, I'll give you an example. If you love your country, you should vote. If you love your mate, you should be kind. Uh, if you're hungry, you should eat. There's the, there's the idea that something's going to follow automatically. There should be encouragement because we have been united with Christ. Because of our relationship with Jesus, we have encouragement, he's saying. So as we look at this passage, I want us to look at seven different sources that I believe are evident in this passage of Scripture. And let's start with the first one, and that is from God. Sorry, I, would have, I had a PowerPoint, but the computer didn't like it. It split it in half, and you couldn't read half of it for some reason. I think, first of all, first and foremost, we have encouragement from God. We can find encouragement from God. He gives us encouragement. He does that in many different ways. One way he does that is the way that he comforts us during the tribulation that we are in. Or how he lifts us up in our discouragement or our depressions. He tells us he does that. And then all the scriptures mention that through the many people who have been encouraged from God and have been lifted up during those times. Paul testifies to this, verse 6, but God who encourages those who are discouraged encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. And then if you look in 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 and 4, we read these words, blessed be the God and even Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Father of all mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulations that we may be able to comfort them which are in trouble by the comfort wherein we ourselves are comforted by God. And that word comfort can be translated or suggested as, again, encouraged. I, I've been encouraged by God. And because I've been encouraged by God, I can encourage other people. I can lift other people up because I have gone through a trouble and come out the other side. I know how to talk to people who need encouragement. So when I pray, I receive God's comfort. I receive God's encouragement in the times that I need it. Literally, it says here, at all times, in every situation, in every way, God comforts us. It was 1995, and the, and the churchman, a pastor named Don Barry Graham, uh, was pastoring a church, and they decided to do a, a major renovation. A lot of churches try to do uh, a renovation where, let's say, maybe you want to renovate the auditorium. And so you'll, you'll meet in the uh, fellowship hall or some other area and try to renovate while you're still in the facility. And so they decided they wanted to renovate like that, and they were going to start with the auditorium. As they looked at the auditorium, they decided it needed to be almost destroyed on the inside before they could even begin. It wasn't just a, we need to change a few things. They needed to destroy the auditorium and start all over with, but just on the inside. And so he asked for a crew to come help and people to come do that. In that 35-year-old uh, sanctuary, uh, 40 people showed up to do just that. 
There were big people, small people, white people, tall people, all sorts of people. And they had only one skill. They could tear things up. <laughs> That's all they needed to do. Got here, just tear that off the wall. Pull this down. Break that up. Lift this up. Tear the platform. And that's all they did. They tore everything up. They ripped it down. Ceilings. They dismantled the platform. Everything that needed to be done was destroyed. But when that phase was completed, they needed something else. They needed skilled labor. People who knew how to do something who had been through the process of building and knew how to renovate the inside of the auditorium. They needed people who could build and refurbish, not tear up. Anybody can tear something down. That's not hard. But it takes someone with a level of skill and know-how to construct something of value. The unskilled can quickly take something apart. It wasn't that hard to do, he said. But the next phase was important. I think God gives us people to help us to be encouraged. It comes from him. He gives us people to help us to encourage, to build and to develop, not to demolish. Influential leaders, I think, always help people to find their place with God and find encouragement from God. Number two. From his word. I think we receive encouragement from his word. When you read the scripture in 1 Thessalonians, I think it's full of encouraging words. It's, as we read it, I think, and meditate on it and study it, it lifts us up and encourages us. 1 Thessalonians four eighteen. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So sharing God's word can be an encouragement to one another. The words of the Lord brings joy to the heart of the discouraged. It's not the only place. If you look in John 15, 11, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. We read God's word and it lifts us up. It encourages us. It gives us something to hang on to, to hold on to. I read a story about a man who uh, came out one morning to get his newspaper and there sitting in front of his door was a dog with his newspaper in his mouth. And he thought, oh, that's great. I've got front door service today. Somebody's given me my paper. So he reached down, petted the dog, felt kind of, you know, sorry for it. And it had done something. So he went back in, got a treat, came out, gave to the dog. And, you know, again, patted it again, went inside to read his newspaper. Next morning when he went out to find his newspaper, he found the dog there with eight other newspapers <laughs> that he had found from everybody else. And so he spent the rest of his morning delivering these neighbors' newspapers for this dog that had taken them. I think every day when we open the Word of God, we are bombarded with things that surprise us and that make us happy. The great news here is we don't have to return them. That God opens for us a joy and an encouragement that changes who we are. Number three, God's people. I think we're encouraged by God's people. You read Paul, and, and he says in verse 4, he was encouraged because of Titus. Because of Titus' arrival, God had given his people to the church, and those people encouraged one another. When you read Hebrews 10, and look at verses 24 through 25, the word says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but in 
encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I think that passage is so clear that it tells us we should be about the business of, he says, spurring one another, encouraging each other because of what is happening. Gathering to meet just for social needs is not enough. We need to encourage one another. We need to build one another up. We need to use the words that helps each other reach the level that God would have for us. I think the church does that. I read a story about an elderly widow that felt alone in her church. She wanted to have more contact. She really wasn't able to travel as much. The one thing that she could do is still play the piano. And so she put an ad in the Chicago Tribune and said this, elderly widow will play your favorite hymn over the telephone and make your day. And so people began to call her and she began to play the hymns, their favorite hymns that they liked over the phone. And in that process, they began a relationship where the people would pour their heart out to her. She should share her burdens. They could share theirs. They could hear the songs and sing them on the other side. Something happened from encouraging one another. I think God's people do that. You need to find ways that you and I can encourage others. Because she freely poured out her love, other people were encouraged. Number four, from situations. That may sound strange because Paul was talking about tribulations and trials when he went to this passage of Scripture. And yet in the midst of it, it was the situation they found themselves in that brought encouragement. You read that passage and he says, sometimes I believe, Paul says, God arranges or puts us in certain situations where we get encouraged when we badly need it. I think at other times, he may put us a particular circumstance, such Paul was in, where he had to wait on that encouragement, but it eventually came when Titus showed up. It was the right time that Titus came, and he brought with him encouraging news from Corinth to Paul. You read the, the scripture, and I think what you have to do is to trust that the Lord will make all things work together, Right? That he knows the situation that you are in. He knows the pressures, the trials, the tribulations. He knows the inward thoughts that you have and what you're thinking about yourself. And he wants you to receive encouragement in the midst of the situation because he will, in the right time, bless you. Scott Kregel was a uh, basketball player in high school, he was a fighter. A battler, uh, you know, he might get a foul every now and then. You know, he really went at it when he, he wanted to play basketball. But he was involved in a car wreck. In the midst of the car wreck, he was knocked out, and he stayed in a coma for four days. I don't know you much about uh, closed head injuries, but something like that, when you come out of a coma, you're not always right. And Scott was not. He, he had difficulty, and so it was a slow and tedious work to get back to normal. Imagine, if you will, uh, a, a junior in high school sitting at a table with senior adults sewing together beads on a string that he might get back some ability that he had lost. 
And as you can imagine, he began to become depressed. His coach showed up one day and he said, look, Scott, uh, if you will work with the therapist and show progress, I will hold your place on the basketball team. Even though you're in this situation, I will hold it for you if you will try. And that's what he did. And he began to try more and more and more. And so much so that within two months, Scott was riding on the shoulders of his basketball team, closing out a nine straight free throw cinch to win at the last minute for their conference game. Why? Because in the midst of the situation, he was encouraged. And even that situation led him to a different style of play. It led him to think differently. And that remarkable testimony of the encouragement of a situation to lead us to something different is here, I think, in the scripture. He found in that situation the ability to find encouragement even though things were not great. I think that's a lesson for us to look at and learn from. Number five, I think another source is from the positive response of others of our lives, the positive response of others from our life. I think we can expect positive responses from others toward them sometimes. If, if I say something nice, they may say something nice to me. But sometimes I think people don't respond as we desire and they and we become frustrated and maybe even disappointed. Maybe a relationship was broken due to a lack of a, a response that someone expected from the other party. Paul was encouraged, as you look at this passage, from the believers at Corinth that there had been true repentance. There had been a change. You look in verse 13, I think, and you see that. He saw that there was love, there was care, and, and that encouraged and uplifted Paul in his spirit because of what came back in the message from Titus. Former um, CBS commentator and uh, anchor Dan Rather once admitted that he was fascinated with boxing. Uh, he said, I was never good at it, uh, but it, 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 the, the idea of standing there on your own with no place to hide, and it was you against someone else, fascinated the way that he thought. He said at the end of the match, you know, there was a boxer who had his hands held up. He was the winner, and that's it. There was no one else to give credit to. There was no one else to blame. You either won or you lost. Rather, he said, I had, had boxed in high school. He said, I wasn't any good, uh, but I did box. He said, he had to develop what boxers do, the get-up fighter mentality. That It was inevitable that you were going to get hit, and if you got hit, you might go down. The question was, am I going to stay down, or am I going to get up? If I get hit, will I give up? Will I cry about it? Will I worry about it? Or will I uh, just you know, see it as a never-to-be-repeated experience? He said, I'd rather see it as a never-to-be-forgotten experience. That I wanted to get up and I wanted to fight again. I think your sense of achievement, your sense of being who you are is what rather is saying unique, distinct. We have to have that mentality that says, I want 
to see this through to the end. I want to see and make sure that I get up. And he said in his, his work about this, sometimes it's only when someone in the corner is yelling at you that you're willing to get up. And I think the positive words that we can hear from other people, you can do it. It can be done. Will get us up off the floor when we've been knocked down. Those words of encouragement from others, those positive words can make all the difference in the world. Number six, I think from the good you have done. That may sound strange, but I don't think it is when you read the passage of Scripture and hear what Paul says. Paul wrote, and depending on your translation, the painful letter or the sorrowful letter. He wrote a letter that we don't have a copy of. Uh, uh, We have 1 Corinthians, and then there was another letter somewhere in the middle that's called the painful letter or the sorrowful letter. We don't have a copy of that one. Uh, And that's the one to which he's referring, because all the commentators would agree. And as you read 1 and 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians doesn't sound as much like a painful letter as he meant it to be. And so you come back with this idea that there was this letter that produced regret. He was sorry he had to write it. He was kind of sorry he wrote it until the response came back. Until he saw the good that it had done. The words spoken in love, the true words spoken in love turned the church around It turned Corinth around. It produced something good in the reader's hearts. Paul felt, as you read, as we read earlier, that he had done the right thing. He had done what needed to be done. Yes, I think we do get to be encouraged when we look back and we see that we have done something, that we have borne fruit for the Lord. Don't misunderstand. I'm not saying we brag necessarily. But that we look back and go, I did do what God asked me to do, and it resulted in a benefit for other people. So that you have the good feeling and the result that your work for the Lord, it's transforming other people. That your relationship with God is bringing fruit. So keep on doing good works so they will encourage other people to do the same. I think that's what Paul is referring to when he talks about that message that came back from Titus. Number seven, from ourselves. I think we can receive encouragement even from ourselves. I think you see it in Paul the way that he speaks. You need to encourage yourselves at times when you are in a place, in a mindset that seems discouraging. We have been given all the resources we need in Christ. Do you believe that? Do you believe you've really been given everything in Christ? Do you believe you have it all in Jesus? That he being in you gives you everything you need? If that's the case and he has enriched you, then I think we should say something positive inside our minds occasionally. Even when we're discouraged. Verse 13, I think Paul says that in addition to our own encouragement, that means Paul was able to encourage himself from all that he had seen. He looked at this and mentally encouraged himself, and he thought better because of what had happened. 
There's a story in the Old Testament about David. I, I know it's in 1 Samuel 30. Uh, and it, it was when the Lord rose up and it included David's family and some distress that happened. Listen in, in the story of 1 Samuel 30, verses 1 through 6. David and his men reached Ziklag, and on the third day, now the Amalekites had raided Negev and Ziklag, and they attacked Ziklag and burned it, and had taken captive women and everyone else in it, both the young and the old. They killed none of them, but carried them off as they went their way. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire. Their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured, uh, Ananhoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Kamel. David was greatly distressed, the Bible says here, because men were talking about stoning him. Each one was bitter in their spirit because of the sons and daughters they had lost. But David found strength in the Lord his God. When you read that, in the midst of that situation, David found strength internally, even in a bad situation. How do you do that? You do that by encouraging yourself, by looking at the situation and saying, this may not be lost. We may be able to come back from this. We can do something. I can't give up. And so he encouraged himself in the midst of a devastating situation. I think at times, maybe everything may seem to be against us. We may feel down. We may, feign no, we may find no encouragement around us. And maybe people who we expect to lift us up do nothing. It's at that moment when you are by yourself, that you have to turn to the Lord and find encouragement. He's the first one we find encouragement from, we saw earlier. But in the last, it is you who decides to trust the word of the Lord. It is you who decides to change the way that you think. In verse 17, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word strengthen you encourage your heart you see that he's telling them to encourage themselves to lift themselves up by thinking of what's going on second thessalonians says in chapter 2 verse 17 god himself will comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work when i read words like that and I see a passage like 2 Corinthians 7, I am reminded that God gives me sources of encouragement to lift me up in difficult and trying times. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we thank you for what you do for us. It is difficult sometimes, Father, in the midst of trial or tribulations to find encouragement. Maybe the people who we expect to say kind words don't. And maybe it's hard for us to see a good in the midst of a difficult situation. It was so for Paul, but yet in the moment of time he needed it, he received the encouragement he needed. I pray this week, Father, that you would encourage the people who are here, that you would lift them up, buoy them up, Father, with the thought and the peace that passes understanding, that in the midst of their trials and tribulations, 
in the midst of the difficulty they find themselves, that the encouragement of the Lord will come to them afresh and anew. We need you, God. We need your encouragement in our lives. Help us to encourage others as well. May we this week take time to call somebody or to talk to somebody or send a message to someone to encourage them. Lord, help us to be people who are sources of encouragement. We pray in Jesus' most holy name, amen. God bless you. May you have an encouraging week.